Leslie on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. And it was nice to see Ryan Day and Chris Holtman yesterday exchange the man hug, kind of high cool. five. Like a new I like generation. It. I like it. It know. is a new generation. Yeah, we've moved on. It's a lot of money slapping fives there. It's 10 million bucks <laughs> slapping fives right there. Six for Ryan, four that's for what they were. That's what they were giving yeah! each other. Yeah! You believe we're getting paid like Where this? Where you going, that extension, Ryan? They don't help me. Yeah, well, maybe Ryan Day this morning uh, is reflecting on the blessings of a long contract and a great job. There are uh, things that would certainly be weighing on his mind, Mr. Spielman, as we begin a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, our friend, Master Teague, is unavailable for the remainder of spring practice. That is what we know. We don't know anything else about his injury. There's an availability at Ohio State today around 1045. I assume we'll find out some details, but the reports are at least a little ominous about what Master yeah. Teague's injury might be. I'll tell the people what ominous means because I... Scary, not good? <laughs> like an ominous cloud last yes. night. Storm. Yes. The clouds are ominous, right? Yeah, I mean, they're not very deep at running back and they uh get you know well i mean he's the third team all big 10 running back because he played a lot of garbage time minutes he's a good running back he's not jk dobbins at least not yet but if i mean there are reports that it could be an achilles injury if it's an achilles injury i wouldn't feel real optimistic that we'd see him on the field in 2020 here's the thing uh i feel terrible i feel terrible for Anybody that gets this injury and a little more sensitive to it now since my daughter had a, mm-hmm. a year-ending injury early on. And to have it happen in spring ball is really frustrating. Uh, you have to have spring ball. I believe in spring ball. Ryan Day, interestingly enough, was pushing for a spring ball for high schools, I believe, the other day. Yep. So, so that Which I'm all about. Um, I do think it will hurt some other sports, but, hey, I'm a football guy. Now, as a coach, I'm saying I'm sorry this happened. I got to move on. Next man up. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be that guy? And so even in that running back room, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, players probably, you know, they feel bad for Master. But they also, it's impossible for them not to think about, now's my opportunity to shine. Now's my opportunity to make a move up. And usually somebody steps up. And I anticipate fully that somebody will step up. I think it's I hate it for Master Teague. I hate it for any player to have an injury like this. But that's sports. And as an athlete, and when you're playing in a contact sport or a sport that requires a lot of movement and change of direction, all that stuff, or contact or hitting or whatever it may be, the chance of injury is always there. And you can't worry about it. Just know that it's very well can happen, and it happens every day at every school and at all levels. Yeah, Ohio State's been pretty fortunate. They haven't had a an injury like this. Uh, they're not deep at running back. Uh, Steel Chambers is their one healthy running back. They're going to move Demario McCall back. He was uh, in the slot first day of spring ball, uh, trying to replace KJ Hill. He made a nice catch on a touchdown pass from CJ Stroud, which by the way was a phenomenal throw by CJ Stroud. Uh, but they'll move they'll move uh, uh, McCall back. Uh, they'll have Chambers. Uh, they got a freshman coming in in the fall. Uh, it's not ideal. Right. Uh, I don't know transfer portal. I don't know if they can grab somebody. This is what's going to get to the real fascinating discussion. We were we we may have it now. Yeah. In the era ahead of us, I know what you're saying? Name say. name and likeness compensation, and one free transfer. 
immediately eligible. Ohio State's in the market for a running back in three years from now, four years from now, five years from now. They're in the market for a running back. And if you're a pretty good running back at Purdue, at Indiana, at Iowa, at anywhere, and you're like, hey, yeah, I could walk over there and I could probably start and I could win a national championship, um, how much would you pay me to come over there? It's interesting because now I was just thinking about it as you were talking about that. What popped in my brain was the fact that if I'm a running back around the country mm-hmm. and say I'm a even a, say I'm a, a um, FCS running back, one double A running back that is really really good and really talented, and maybe people missed on me coming out of yeah. high school, but people know about me. Ohio State has an opening. Yes, they do. And I don't think it's uh, crazy to think that or today there are players out there inquiring about a transfer to Ohio State. Particularly if you got your degree and you can graduate. Well, you can graduate. Yeah, if you got a graduate. Yeah. Or if but, you can graduate this summer. But I think also, though, even even if there's a stud FCS guy, there, and there always is somewhere, somewhere right? Sure. There's always a stud FCS guy. There's always guy. a guy playing in the NFL who they're played. They're usually smaller guys, yep. right? If that guy, and and don't think that Ohio State doesn't have like a free agent department. Of course <laughs> I, don't, they do. I don't know what else to call no, it. No, they do. They have a director of you know football personnel, and they're yeah. doing recruiting, but they're keeping their eye on the transfer portal. They know who's out there. They know who's available. So I, I just think it's interesting the direction that this is going to go, and it's going to turn into more of an NFL um, but imagine- type feel. If Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, who surprised people by coming back to school, imagine if he were, he said Oklahoma State, oh, whoa, there's an Ohio State, yay, an opening, and I could go there, and what, a car dealer will pay me what? Yeah, Uh, we're not to that point yet, and I think we're not going to get to that point until after uh, the 2020 election, because I don't think there's any legislation going to be passed, at least from the people that I talk to that are in government and talk to them about the name, image, and likeness bills. There's going to be a, um, eventually, and Anthony Gonzalez and Donna Shalala are trying to work together to co-sponsor mm. a bill on name. Bipartisan name. legislation? Uh, it won't get done until after 2020 because it's an election year and there's nothing that's going to get done unless, of that's course, true. especially, well, we could get something for the coronavirus, obviously, which would be insane not to do something as far as funding research and coming up with a um are you freaked out about the coronavirus are you uh, how, um, how would you characterize your level of concern investment in finding out details uh adapting plans you already have for travel things like that i mean i i'm not because i happen to believe that no one knows the hour and the day that it's your time and if if the coronavirus hits me, then it hits me. I can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm not an idiot. I mean, I wash my hands uh, more than I um, have done. I'm careful about uh, at church. You know, you I don't know. Do you guys do sign a piece or welcome everybody? Or? We do not. Okay. Well, we, we do, do. We do welcome. Yeah, we do welcome yeah. where you shake hands and stuff yeah. like that. But so, I, they might lighten up on that. The, the well, the rule is now. I guess the etiquette is to tap somebody on the elbow. Oh, fist, I thought like. it was a fist bump. You can do that. Okay. But I no, I mean I'm not freaked out about it. I, I I'm Are you a, a germaphobe? No. Yeah. No. Herbie is. Herbie's a big time germaphobe. Yeah, I, I think um for me I'm aware and obviously I'm courteous. Like if I have to sneeze, I'm gonna mm-hmm. sneeze into my arm and mm-hmm. 
I'm aware. I think um, I don't know if I would eat at an open buffet restaurant or not now. You know, I don't. I don't. I was thinking about that, and after I don't know if you watched any of the followed any of this on all the politics yesterday with Bloomberg <laughs> eating the pizza, licking his fingers, and grabbing the pizza again. No, but, I'll get to we'll get to that. Uh, I have something in the face segment on that. So that uh, to, to me, topic. it's to me, Bruce. Though I do think that you know, I get, you got to keep even in a time of trouble. Uh, you keep God at the top and say, look, my, my mission is to, to not worry about that. And if I'm going to say, let thy will be done, then I better mean it. And if that's, that's right. God's will, then I accept it. I might not like it, but I certainly accept it. But I do pray for the, I was funny this morning during prayer time and my walk, I was praying for, uh, healthcare workers and people that are exposed and, and giving thanks for their dedication and putting themselves in harm's way or exposing themselves to that because of their profession. Uh, it certainly, to me, is so appreciated. And I have, a, as you know, a special place in my heart for, for doctors and nurses and everybody involved in the health care of, of people. It's, a, thing it's a great service. Crazy to me, I have a friend who has to maintain a close watch on the world financial markets uh, for his job. And he said he knew instantly that China was maybe hiding the ball a little bit on the virus because they shut down a major, major city at a time of a festival when the numbers were such that if those were genuine, you wouldn't shut the city down. Well, he has so he knows more about the coronavirus than I do. I guess the incubation period is almost three weeks. In other words, you can have it for three weeks without symptoms. So my thought on that is, well, if that's true, then by the time we shut down flights from China, there were probably already people here right. who had it, and it's probably here, and it'll be, it is being politicized, and I, I'm not freaked out by it. My daughter is a more sure. than I am, but I'm with you. It's like, look, I, I think we have great health care in this country, and we're fortunate to have access to it, and it's very unfortunate, of course, when anybody catches anything and dies, but right. I don't know if it'll affect, you know, like, they're talking about, well, maybe the NCAA tournament will be affected. The Arnold's Classic, uh, the Expo, which is like a big mall kind of a thing where they bring mm-hmm. in all the muscle. 250,000 people. Yeah, all the supplements the and fitness. all the ge- fitness gear uh, and everything. You know, everything. They have a big uh, expo where people can come in and walk. It's like a flea market for fitness freaks. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I've actually, I'm into that stuff. So, yeah, yeah I. I've been to that a few times, and it's 250,000 people, and it's a, it's a shame they have to shut it down. Shut it down? It's like a $53 million uh, hit. hit to the Columbus economy. They're still going to have the competition, but no... What is it? No spectators until the finals, or yeah. maybe, but so there were going to be two hundred thousand people travel to Columbus. That now there's no point in them traveling to Columbus. I guess some of them probably still will, but they certainly won't have the avenue to get together and be in a closed-in environment like they would have been before. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean that's you know I think you have to be smart, and I do think uh, I know people uh, have varying opinions on this. I do think President Trump has shown leadership and Vice President Pence is leading uh, the task force in this. And I think they take that very serious. And hopefully, you know, Congress can uh, uh, allocate the funds to help these great scientists and researchers and these pharmaceutical companies and all these very smart people to to come up with something. So I I think it's, uh, you know, it's something to be concerned about and a, a little worried about. But I also know that people have good hearts and that there's a genuine uh, effort 
to try to find a what I I can't believe I what's uh antidote, right? Or what, uh yeah, what, vaccine. Vaccine to to fix this. So We'll see. You asked me the other day what I was going to ask Ryan Day at his first uh, spring football practice. This is not the first question I asked him because I'm smart enough to know that you don't lead with this one. You but don't this, lead with the, with this the, was the one the that I, type fastball. No, you don't. Uh, you nibble at the corners first. So I asked him about Master Teague, which I could play the answer for you, but now it's kind of moot because Master is not available. Uh, I asked him about Master Teague filling that 2,000-yard hole with J.K. Dobbins gone. I asked him about when they start digging into Oregon, because Oregon's week two, and that would seem to be a real threat uh, since it's on the road to uh, them being undefeated going into Big Ten play. And then I got to what I really wanted to know, which was this. Are there any circumstances under which Wint and Reap could return to the team? Exoneration? So no on Jocelyn Wint, no on Amir Reap coming back to the team. Because right. I just want to know, any circumstances, full exoneration, could they be back? And he shook his head, no. So that ship has sailed. They are they are not coming back. Well, I mean, if you're making that decision, then you probably know Well, we've had guys suspended, dismissed before who... Uh, Carlos Hyde got a three-game suspension. Yeah. Storm Klein yeah, correct. was booted and then came back before uh, Urban. It was who was the other linebacker? Um, choked the Wisconsin quarterback and then had a thing with his wife, Robert Reynolds. He was back on a team that was in the Tress era. Every guys through the years they get dismissed, they come back sure. because their case you know merits a second look. I just want to know you know they're thin in the secondary on experience. Yeah, I don't think they're thin in numbers, so and thin in no. Talent. They got seven banks, and they got Cam Brown, and they got you know this uh, kid coming in, Legend Cavazos. <laughs> well, that's a, Legend. That's, that's kid's name is Legend. <laughs> that's that's quite the name for DB. I love it. Legend. <laughs> I mean, and quite confident parents, by the way. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I ran into Kerry Combs, by the way. Okay, how'd that go? Uh great. Did he pump you up. Um, very effervescent. The energy that he f- gives off is it's God-given, it's and genuine, it is yeah. very genuine. And I had a chance to just talk to him about coaching and just seeing his energy, right, and what he's about. And I, I probably had a 10-minute conversation with him, and, and I said, you know, Kerry, when you came back, I said, you said something so true. And he said the lessons that he learns in coaching. And I like him because he's willing to learn. He's mm-hmm. a humble guy, but mm-hmm. he's always willing to learn. And I also like him because, you know, he started out in high school mm-hmm. and has worked his way up to the NFL. You don't see that very often nowadays. No, you and don't. Kerry was able to do that. But you remember he said, the, I said, when you said the difference between coaching the college guys and the NFL guys, college guys will do what they're told to do without question. NFL guys will do what they're told to do, but they need a why. Why are we doing this? And I said, what did you learn from that? And he said, it made me a better coach. It absolutely made me a better coach. And he said, Chris, the the talent in the NFL is just, it's unbelievable, right? Mm -hmm. But he said, I got to tell you this. And that's when he gets excited. I got to tell you this. The talent in our building you can see that that's the talent in the NFL. 
And so that's why I don't worry ever about defensive backs coming yeah. into Ohio State. And quite frankly, I really don't worry about running backs that are coming in to Ohio State. And the running back position is, is vital. It's crucial. Yeah. But it's secondary to the quarterback position. Look, there's only two games they can lose this season. I mean, they, they, they don't need a running back to beat 10 teams on their schedule. They need a running back to beat Oregon, and they need a running back to win at Penn State. That's my opinion. They need a running back to beat Michigan? You're not threatened about Michigan? No. <laughs> In Ohio Stadium? <laughs> What's Michigan? Hey, I'll tell you right now. Ohio State still has better running backs than Michigan does. I don't need, yeah. I mean, that freshman wasn't bad for Michigan last year. Yeah, great. What? Where would he be on the depth chart if everybody was healthy here? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So not, I, I not at the top. So that's that's why um, the the confidence level that I have. Um, it's interesting. I also ran into uh, Brian Stableine and let me give you the schedule here. Okay, Bowling Green need a running back. Unless Macy's playing on defense, yeah. no, you don't need a running back. Oregon <laughs> on my birthday. Yes, you probably need one. Buffalo, no. Going through the MAC, going to be MAC we champions are. this year. Rutgers, no. Iowa, uh, yet. I okay. Michigan State. I'd say yeah with Iowa, but I'll tell, I have a reason why. Okay, why? Because Iowa is very capable of doing what Iowa did a few years ago of controlling. Why doesn't the, this schedule tell me where the games are? This I'm is, sorry, I was talking. Yeah, but go ahead. No, no, go ahead. no, no. no I'm talk sorry. to yourself. No, no, no go ahead. Go through. I'm this. sorry, that was rude. That was rude. I'm sorry. I've been trying to tell myself not to do that. I went. I, you know what? Sometimes when sometimes you say to Use me, your inside voice. You say to me sometimes, "Did I say that out loud?" That was one of those there where I was like, "Did I say that out loud?" I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Last thing I had was that Iowa. they're going to be MAC champions, and Macy unless Macy plays a linebacker for Bowling Green. But what you were talking about Iowa and why we need a running? back. I think you need a running back with a team that can that's very good. I think defensively. And very patient defensively. And we'll play a little soft coverage zone, keep mm-hmm. everything in front of you. So how you break that down to bring those defensive backs into play is able to pound the football. But I do think we're going to have suitable running backs to, to be able to do that. Iowa, so I was in I Columbus. Yeah, Michigan State. Michigan no. State's at Lansing with Mel Tucker there. Yes, near one Penn State. Penn State at, yeah, at State College right. on 24th of October. Nebraska no. in Columbus. Indiana no. and Columbus, Maryland at no. College Park, Illinois at Illinois, no. Michigan and Columbus. Uh, I'd say yes, just because it's Michigan, and I think you'll need one for the Big Ten championship game. And yeah. you'll, we don't play in Wisconsin this year. No, that's, that sucks. Stinks. Well, we get Iowa. I mean, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen Iowa. Feels to me like we haven't seen Iowa yeah. in forever. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about it because I do think the talent level is uh, really, really high, and I, I think the coaching is. Matches the talent level of Ohio State. I think the coaches are that good over there. Were you in Maslin yesterday? I was in Maslin. Yeah, yeah. I was in Northeast Ohio yesterday. Where were you? I was in Barberton. Oh, yeah. You have to fill me in on that. Okay, I will. Did it go well? It did. It was more of a meet and greet than anything, but I see some possibilities there. Definite possibilities Why, there. You can't close? Do I have to come up? Now do I have to come in and close? Would you come up and close if I asked you to? Yes. <laughs> I don't ask you to. <laughs> No, I think we'll be fine, but I'll I'll explain it to you later. Okay. It's maybe a new platform for the Spielman and Hooley podcast. I was working uh, 
there's a company up there, Progressive, that I, I work with with two great guys that's been a, in business, car dealers, been in business for 80 years, something their great-grandfather mm-hmm. started. And so I uh, was in Maslin, and we were doing some stuff downtown. So I was walking downtown, and I saw that football mural. And Yeah, what you know, is that? Uh, it looked like a historic marker. You put it on your Instagram. Yeah, it is. That's it's great. Do you want? Can I read it to yeah, the people? Yeah, please. That... It's kind of a takeoff on. Uh, it's, it almost sounds a little biblical. Yeah, it does. But it, so it's, it's a it's a par- uh, I don't know if it's a parody. That <laughs> trivializes it. So. Yeah, I mean, but it means something to Maslin, yeah, you know. It and it's it's interesting because some of the remarks and comments that I got off of it, and I was like, uh, "Hey, Chris, you spelled Canton wrong. It's spelled C A T O N." Instead of M A M A S S I L L O N. Oh, I see. That was very, very clever. I like that. I actually like that. Uh, it says this. And so they have this giant mural on the side of a building in downtown Maslin. And when I'm walking through um, Maslin downtown, I, I, the people I'm with, I say, you know, this is kind of like um, lost in time. <laughs> I was going to ask you what it feels like to go back. Yeah. Uh, it felt good. It felt good, and I actually ran into an old teammate in a coffee shop Cool. that I was in, and he was filling me in on what everybody's doing and stuff. And it, it was just uh, I an, and a junior high coach <laughs> that I ran into, and I asked him if he remembered this one particular game, and he recalled play-by-play, play, but must have been 80 years old, right? I mean, yeah. it just recalled play-by-play, play and yes, that was 14 to 14, and then at Maslin, when the, we you didn't go to high school till you were a sophomore, right? You, you were in, in they called it junior high back then. So we had two middle schools or junior highs, Longfellow and Lauren Andrews, and we played to a fourteen fourteen tie. Then the following week, in the beauty of Maslin, was that Maslin had a sophomore team, and we combined our freshman all star team. We were beating the sophomore team at halftime. Then the second half, they bring in the backup running back by the name of Mike Jones, who's a senior, to play for the sophomore team. What? And they came back and beat us. They just didn't want to set the precedent. No, I can't have the freshmen beat the sophomores. sophomores. It says this, Bruce. This is on a it's a big plaque and a giant plaque and uh, above a mural. If you want to go to my Instagram and check it out, it's actually on my Twitter too. I believe okay. I put on my Twitter. Chris underscore Spielman. Yeah. It, well, we tackle life. I should have tagged that. That's okay. We can do that. In the beginning, when the great creator was drawing plans for this world of ours, he decided there should be something for everyone. He gave us mountains that reach the sky, deep blue seas, green forests, dry deserts, gorgeous flowers, and gigantic trees. Then he decided there should be football. Yes, he did. And he gave us Maslin. He created only one Maslin. He knew that would be enough. <laughs> There you That's go. so cool, though. It is, isn't it? That is cool. Very it's, cool. It, it's really cool. And um, and the comments that I get are really cool. But the one comment, just, you know, it's like, okay, I, I get it. You know, Greenpeace and Green New Deal. The guy said, yes, he did create that, but man keeps destroying it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Happy downer. <laughs> just, you know, just let me have my moment with yeah. the black. Yeah. Yeah, what's the harm? Just let me have my moment with the plaque, okay? <laughs> I, you know, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll do the, I'll even do the paper straws if that helps. I'll do that. You recycle? Yeah, I, I do that. I do recycle. 
I carry that, that big giant blue can up every Wednesday. Yes, I do recycle. All I want is just give me a moment with the one plaque while I'm um, reflecting on my time in Maslin. And you're, yeah, because man destroys the flowers. I mean, dude, come on. Let it go. All right? I'm all about it, okay? You know, save the world. I get it. Save the planet. Yes. Uh, I'm not having nightmares that the world's going to end in 12 years. Maybe you are. It's going to be okay. You're not in control of that, by the way. God is. All right, I'm sorry I digress, but you know now how Biden felt last <sighs> night. He's on the stage in uh, California celebrating a phenomenal night, and the people who want to what what was the let dairy die or what was the, the like the the mo- the milk haters yeah are running up on stage yeah, kill the them. cows kill the let, cows let Biden just, have his moment just, let Joe have his moment uh, all cows should be slaughtered because of the methane that they that they produce and and milk of course is. Like drinking arsenic, apparently. Yeah, according to, so I I, I can't take uh, I, I can't take I can't Phoenix. take it I can't take it yeah. I can't take it I can't I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> so this is a cool time of year for a lot of people to to feel the same thing about their respective small towns that you feel. Maslin's not a small town. At least oh, it's, it's not, pretty small. Well, I mean, my small town is small. You've been to mine, but it's cool at high school tournament time, basketball tournament time, and football's same in all sports. When a small town unites behind a sports team it's a cool thing that's awesome man it's so cool so we're walking through town and they're doing this little video thing right and we're done shooting i said no we got to keep walking they go why well because i have to get six thousand miles in in a year and this guy's carrying his camera and he's he's getting frustrated because first of all he's trying to film me and I'm walking fast because yeah. I'm trying to get these steps and miles in right Gosh, aerobic and he trips over the uneven sidewalk he, he goes ass over tea I mean butt over teacups <laughs> and he's <laughs> and I don't stop walking you know and and so I I end up at St Mary's Church okay where I went yeah. to church is when I lived in Maslin and. It's a beautiful old cathedral. I mean, you know, Bruce, it's like, like those old cathedrals and the architecture, mm-hmm. something that I just, I said, well, I'm going in thinking, you know, maybe the door's open. I don't know if it's open or not. I walk in, and I walk into the middle of a funeral, and I hear the priest up there. A lot, Ellis, or what was her name? Uh, what's an old-time name that starts with an E? Like, Eloise? Eloise, yes, it was Eloise. Okay. Eloise lived a very fruitful life, you know, and, and these people are, like, welcoming me into this funeral. Shh, they're giving me the shh. Yeah. Come on. I, then I pulled, like, the person aside and said, look, I, I just went to church here as a kid. I'm just out of town. I'm visiting. I, I'm sure Elsa or Eloise or whatever her name is was a very lovely Edwina. person. Yeah, but, but I... I just can't, you know, I don't, I don't want to disrupt the funeral, and I don't need a flag for my car. But anyway, and she just kind of laughed, and I just stood in the background, just looked around at the sure. church, then walked out, and we ended up getting like three miles in, and the guy in the camera was, he was a young guy, so he was in decent shape, so he wasn't ticked. He just was mad that he took, he, a, tumble. Uh, he took a tumble. But I said, don't blame me. You got a wingman over there. He's supposed to have your back. I'm not, you know, it's not my job. To make sure you don't fall. Your job is to film. That's what you do. So, anyway, it was a great trip. Good. The other guy was probably carrying lights or some, you know, carrying gear, right? Yeah. You got to tell him about those bumps in the sidewalk. But it was really cool running into an old teammate of mine. So, and, and, and you know, the cool thing is, and it's humbling, 
Now, probably not all people, but some people. Because yesterday was National Cereal Day, too. And so somebody. No, I noticed how that all dovetailed. Put, everything kind of came together, you know? And so. And you, uh, how did you, did somebody tweet you the Wheaties box? The Hall of on? Fame put it out. The Hall of the Pro the Football Pro Hall Football of Fame. Hall. Nice. It's the closest I'll get to be in there, by the way. <laughs> and I'm in the archives. That box is in the archives well, of the cool. Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I'm actually. Hey, I just I'm in the Pro You're Football in. Hall of Fame. I finally made it. But um I have that box around here somewhere. I should put it on the wall. You know, and I the cool thing is um this guy said to uh to me this ex teammate or classmate. He's four, 3 or 4 years older than I was. I didn't actually play with him. Rick played with him, but mm -hmm. if I were a freshman in the high school, which we weren't because we weren't in high, I would have played with him, but he said, "You know, Chris, um, our town is really proud of you and Rick. And that was so humbling. That's nice. I, I mean, it, That's very you know, nice. and I, I said, you know, we're obviously we're proud to be from here. Then, you know, then when I say that people from Canton get mad, you're from Canton, you're my, and, and both places. And I, you and I have talked about this. And so I've come to the conclusion to say I'm from Stark County, but for him to say that Maslin was really proud of, uh, Rick and me. That's proper grammar there, yes, buddy. Is. Thank you. Yes, I'm is. surprised you didn't put on your badge and arrest me, grammar police. But No, sir. Not me. <laughs> I'm not good at grammar. Yes. You don't do grammar well? I don't do good. Remember. I don't do good at grammar. Remember, thing, the rule is, Bruce. Yeah, I know. Things taste good, and we do things well. Yes, I was being facetious. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this would be a good time. You know, uh, let me ask you but one other cool, question. Anyway. Let me yeah. ask you one sure. other strange question. Did you wonder when you were a kid, a little kid, if your father remembered things from his childhood? I remember with my dad, I used to think, you know, my dad got into his 50s and I thought, I wonder if he remembers what it was like to be my age. I wonder if he remembers, like, you know, stuff from grade school. And all. Now that I am that age, of course, I remember all of it vividly. Mm -hmm. Remember Little League games and, you know cross-country meets, as you do remember junior high football games and all that kind of stuff. But I used to wonder, does my dad, nah, my dad's too old. He doesn't remember that stuff. And now I wonder if my kids wonder that about yeah, me. I know. I, yeah. I do. Um, my dad never talked about his childhood. I don't think he had a very good childhood. He never talked about it. I didn't even know where he lived. Um, I met his grandmother, and that was the closest thing. And his mom, of course, and my grandfather came into my dad's life at 18, but I know very little about my father um, until basically uh, his high school years when he shared some stories. And I know his best friend from high school uh, is still alive, and his granddaughter played against my daughter in basketball, so I'd see him once or twice a year, and he would come tell me stories mm -hmm. about my dad. Man... Uh, because my dad never talked about what type of player he was, never talked about his upbringing. His father passed away, I believe, when my dad was either 10 or 12. He never talked about his dad. And my actually, my grandfather, his father, was part of the original Canton Bulldogs. Or really? There was a picture of him wow. in the pro football Hall of Fame. Your dad's dad. Dad, yeah. Wow, that's but, cool. But I, you know, and my grandmother never talked about my uh, grandfather, blood grandfather. 
And my grandfather, who my grandmother married, was a, a veteran, Navy veteran, World mm-hmm. War II, was just a, an awesome guy. Loved him to death. He was his, I didn't even know until I was probably 12 or 13 that that wasn't my dad's dad, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway. Review of the day. Review the uh, show on iTunes, if you would, please. Uh, this one comes from Yankee Pride 23 He says, well-thought-out opinions on life, faith, Buckeyes, and other areas of sports. Each episode gives me a topic that I continue to think about after it is over. Good. That's great. Uh, we go to the emails, and you can always email the show, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Patreon. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at WeTackle. Uh, I sent... Well, I'll get to that one in a minute. This one comes from Mark in Olmstead Falls. Really enjoying the podcast. Quick suggestion. Springtime is almost here. It would be nice to hear some baseball talk. I need a break from the football talk, no matter how hard the Browns try to insert themselves into the news cycle for doing something dumb. Spiels, uh, are you ready with your National American League breakdown? Ball one, strike two, ball three, and it's four hours. Bottom of the third. Spiels, uh, not a baseball fan. Really. I mean, and you can talk it. I mean, you know, I can. You, I know you are, so you know, uh, not as much anymore as I used to be. Since uh, direct, uh, since Dish took Sports Time Ohio away from me, I find it hard to follow the <laughs> how's Cavs. That, how's your war Indians going with Dish? And uh, how's your Red? crusade against Dish? You know, uh, you're you, losing. By the everybody way, everybody told me to take YouTube TV. Yeah, now YouTube TV's doing the same thing. They're taking away Fox Sports. What about DirecTV, then? Well, I've had it before, and the customer service was not to my liking. Okay, so I'm trying to be kind. Notice I didn't go onto a deep rant there. I'm just saying it was not to my liking. We do the two-year dance where I I find this really dumb. I don't understand the cable industry. It's a dying industry. If you're with Dish, they'll give you a great two-year deal, two-year rate. Mm -hmm. At the end of two years, you say, I'd like to continue at this rate. Nope, sorry, it's going up 50%. 50? Yeah, sometimes it goes crazy. And then you say, all right, then I'm going to go to DirecTV. Okay, well, we'll miss you as a customer. Now, I would think your customer acquisition costs would be such that it would be worth it to keep me as a customer as opposed to trying to re-recruit me or yeah. re-recruit someone else. But DirecTV does the same thing. They'll give you a good two-year rate, and then boom. Sounds like collusion. You're off later. They're going to eventually combine like Sirius and XM did. But you know, Sounds like are, collusion, Bruce. Yeah, people are cutting cords, and I don't know. Uh, this one comes from our friend Dan. He says, on Friday's show, you were talking about suggestions offered to listeners who are subscribers to the Patreon page. This popped into my head as I was spending some quiet time over the weekend. Came up with a few suggestions for insider content. Post daily scripture or something faith-related that hit you that day. Something that might not be big enough to share on the podcast or you don't have time. During your travels, you could offer to do a meetup with Patreon subscribers where the locals could pick a convenient place where a local pub, church, or local hotspot Offer random one-on-one faith interactions over Skype, Facebook, where we could interact directly with you and get more in-depth faith support than we get from just emailing. I'd be willing to do any or all that. Uh, I don't expect you to do that. No. I mean, I'm willing to probably do two out of the three. Okay. Cool. Good suggestions, Dan. We had another gentleman on Twitter who suggested we post uh, leadership thoughts and things like that. Stories from coaches that were, you know, influential in your life and things like that. I thought that was a good suggestion. So we'll uh, we'll work. When, when that are we going to start doing that? Um, we'll have to have an executive meeting about that. Well, that's in my contract. That's considered extra. Mm-hmm, I know. <laughs> I'll have to. 
Maybe I'll have to get you a diet cherry coke or whatever. I'll have to sweeten the pot. I'm not doing that unless I get. And you got to learn how to make. Can you get a Keurig? Is it possible? Can I get you a? Wait, can I? Yeah, you can get me a Keurig. I can get you a Keurig. Of course. Does anybody in this house drink coffee? No. Why? Uh, Lexi will tell you she drinks coffee, but (laughs) what she really drinks? Yeah, what she really (laughs) drinks is the caramel stuff you put in it. (laughs) With a little bit of coffee. The ratios are flipped in her coffee. Uh, Sherry doesn't drink coffee? No. Neither one of us. All right. I'm getting a Keurig. Uh, Nick from Plain City wants to know, should the Bengals offer the Redskins the number one pick for Dwayne Haskins and the number two? Yeah, there's all this talk now that the Redskins are soured on Dwayne Haskins and they might take Tua and Dwayne Haskins didn't grasp the playbook you saw him play what three times four times yeah, i saw him get better every time he played i don't know what they're talking about but if new that, regime you know yeah, it's hard when when you're not the guy you're not the, and that's a, a hard adjustment to make sometimes i think it's awful quick to bail on Dwayne haskins plus dan snyder he got better a, every game yeah i just i mean i get it you have access to a franchise quarterback or maybe you fall in love with tua do you know who their offensive coordinator is? I assume they changed since they went to Ron Rivera. No, I don't. Not offhand. But, I, I mean, just organizationally, let's talk that through for a second. Like, you got Dwayne Haskins. You picked him, you know, in the teens. But he played. You saw the tape. He played well. I think he got better. Yeah. He's got. He's got clearly got a thing with Terry McLaurin, who was your best receiver. You have access to Chase Young in the draft. You'd really have to be sour on Dwayne Haskins. You need corners, you, too, by the way. You'd really have to be high on Tua That's to true. forego Chase Young or Jeff Okuda. That's true. Well, I think maybe you look at it as a – if you're the Bengals, you look at it a two-for-one deal. You know, you get a first-round rookie quarterback that showed improvement at the end of the year, plus you get Chase Young or Jeff Okuda or whatever else you deem necessary, or you get more firepower to keep trading down. To get more picks. You don't get Joe Burrow or you don't get Tua, but you well, get Dwayne Haskins. I mean, that's something to, to think about. I don't know what the grades are on Dwayne Haskins. Here's the thing. Or the I thoughts are. I just know this. I know that I saw him get better every game that I did. Yeah. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to fact check it as I say it. Um, The Bengals could have drafted Dwayne Haskins. Didn't they draft Jonah Williams in a slot before – Dwayne Haskins, I'm pretty sure they did. Well, I think at the time the Bengals were pretty comfortable with Andy Dalton and his two-year deal that he had left. Yeah. It shouldn't have been. I, I was thinking at the time that they might draft Haskins, and they did not. So that would give you some indication that uh, Zach uh, Taylor was not thrilled with Dwayne Haskins, or they certainly had need on the offensive line. The Bengals last year in the draft were like, the Browns are this year. The Bengals, the Bengals last picked eleventh. They picked Jonah Williams, who and was then, hurt all year. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he wasn't hurt at the time they picked him, but he became right. hurt. Then the Redskins four picks later picked Dwayne Haskins. So the Bengals could have drafted Dwayne Haskins and did not. Well, I, I think they had other needs, and yeah. again, a quarterback wasn't their primary I think need, they, and they believed in Andy Dalton. I think and, they thought they were a playoff team if they shored up the tackle position. I'm sure they did. Everybody thinks they're a playoff team. Then they ended up. That's the beauty of football. (laughs) Well, and you know what? Everybody's 
usually not wrong. They're usually like a player or two away. It, well, Miami's sitting there too, right? So if two is that hot and he gets hotter as we get closer yeah. to the draft, I mean, Miami has to address their quarterback situation. And they done with Josh re- Rosen? I think so because I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that they would, you know, learn to live with as opposed to going out in a free agent market. They have a pretty good guy and Ryan Fitzpatrick to be that quote unquote backup veteran and Ryan knows his role. The problem with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's good enough to keep both teams in it every single game. This is the thing about quarterbacks, not all of it. But some of it is where you land because you look at Josh Rosen. The Cardinals take him ninth. They change coaches. Bye-bye, Josh Rosen. Off to Miami. Doesn't hit there. They're always flipping, you know, the Rolodex at quarterback. Josh Rosen's probably going to be on his third team in, what, four years? Uh, He might be in the XFL if that doesn't break. Yeah, his comment about they're all going to regret not taking me. I mean, that's but you don't want that for Dwayne Haskins. You don't want Dwayne Haskins to be going through like he's already going to be second head coach and second coordinator in two years. And how you know how about the irony, right? Of Urban Meyer chose Dwayne Haskins, which I think at the time was the right decision to make. I know it was difficult to make, but here we have the possibility of the Redskins trading up to get Joe Burrow for. Dwayne Haskins, it's just crazy, and and it's just, that's such a difficult position to evaluate and project. It's uh, it's unbelievably difficult. I was thinking do. about Joe Burrow the other day in the sense of how big would he be in Ohio State football history of heroes if what he did at LSU he had done here. Oh my gosh, the Athens kid wins a Heisman, oh my leads gosh. a team to the national championship. Now he. I'm trying to think on this. Like, did he? He didn't get an extra year of playing. He did it in five years because he was a grad transfer right. immediately eligible. But there'd be no Justin Fields. Uh, there would have been no Dwayne Haskins for Burrow had he right. been here. But just think of that. I was wondering, would he be bigger than Archie Griffin? Like Archie uh, never I won think over national- over time he would be bigger than Archie Griffin. I mean, Archie Griffin for our era is always going to be yeah. Mr. Buckeye. That's yep. who Archie is, and it couldn't be a better ambassador and a better man to be Mr. Buckeye. I was going to say think- that part of Archie is the gentleman that he was and the guy he is and the fact that he came back and worked for the university right. and worked for the alumni and worked in the athletic department and just just a and whatever you people hear about Archie Griffin is is just a better human being than he is a was a football player yeah. which says a lot but I think Joe you know I think it would benefit Joe greatly to play in Ohio because of uh, first of all I think what he can do service-wise or giving-back-wise to the state of Ohio and especially to the Athens area, right, where a lot of his youth and high school days were. And mm-hmm. we've already seen the impact that he's had on uh, Vinton County and down in Athens and, and some of the poorer areas in the state down there and what Joe's been able to do as far as the food banks and his family. And I think it would be um, a great situation for Joe to to play in Cincinnati. I really do. I think there's a money thing the money's going to be there for the quarterback position. Even the Bengals can't escape what you have to pay 
quarterbacks. They or unless they completely say, "I we're just going to keep playing with backups." And take or, the NFL revenue. Check. Yeah, and, yeah. That's. Or, I mean, so I guess that's a possibility. Sure it is. But I, I, I really think if I were advising Joe, I, and maybe somebody did this because he's kind of changed his tune and stopped with the passive aggressive um, communication about where he wants to play. But I think, and remember, the Bengals have a pretty good history when they had good teams. I mean, they, they've been to the Super Bowl, right? Twice. Boomer, Sison. Twice. Collinsworth. They had great players. Yep. Great players. Yep. Anthony Munoz. Max Montoya. These guys were great players. Yes, they were. Dave and, Lapham. And so, and I think that this team is very, um, I, I think that it, they can be really good. And it's a great football city when they're winning, man. Mm-hmm. It's a great football city, so. I hope he goes to Cincinnati because I'm selfish because I want to watch him in Ohio. Want to talk about him every week. Absolutely. All right, let's transition into the uh, faith portion of the podcast. Again, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at WeTackle, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, Spielman and Hooley, and you can always email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. You challenged me, uh, as did our emailer friend Dan, a few days. Days ago, I believe it was, about being more civil on Twitter, and I was convicted this morning. I sat down this morning to pray and have my quiet time with God, and I couldn't really focus. And the reason I couldn't focus is because I had all these thoughts in my head about Super Tuesday and politics. And and I realized um, that I am, um, as I've said before, addicted to being right. And I had a something hit me this morning that I cannot allow my... Um, fascination, preoccupation with politics to wedge its way in front of my devotion to God and my spiritual growth. And it's a real threat to that. It's a real threat to that. It's a threat to that if I allow it to be a threat to that. That's true. And I was on Twitter last night, and I was like, I got to go to Twitter and see what I said. And I was making jokes about, you know, Biden and Bernie, and and I don't it was just not good. It's not good for who I want to be, the image I want to project. Uh, so I'm going to have to really discipline myself to either disengage from the politics or um, I'm going to have to, I, I, I'm just going to have to watch it because the other day the podcast ran long and what I was going to share was something about gossip and how damaging gossip can be. And I would define gossip as when you say something negative about someone, to someone who's not a part of the problem or part of the solution. That's gossip. And the Bible is full of uh, warnings about gossip. It's full of very clear and plain uh, warnings about the tongue and how awful the tongue can be and how it can be a raging fire. And I have been extremely guilty of uh, sowing seeds of discord, not just on Twitter, but certainly on Twitter, and I'm passionate about our country. I'm passionate about yeah. defending life. And I can allow my passions to sow seeds of discord. So I want to repent of that. And I want to um, ask you to hold me accountable. I might have to disengage well, from we're the do this. political discussion. Well, we're going to go through this Twitter. <clears throat> I mean, if you want to be held accountable, let's hold, be held accountable. I didn't delete. You didn't delete I, them, I didn't did delete you? them. No, I didn't. No, they're on there. I mean, some of these. Here, I can. I've got them. One of them is really beneath you. Is okay. Yeah, this one. Too bad Biden had to go to bed at six after hitting the early bird at Golden Corral. He probably have enjoyed people telling him what he was watching about. Now, Bernie's going to need a big bowl of tapioca to swallow his beat down. I mean, 
you know, I, I get where your your humor, but it's, you know, I think that's beneath you, to be honest with you. I mean, now, here's one that's pra- pra- is practical. Nine presidential elections from now in 36 years, it'll be 2056, 74-year-old Pete Buttigieg, then we'll be younger than Joe Biden, Mike Bloomberg, and Bernie Sanders. That's fine. That's factual. That's factual. But, the you know, making making fun of a guy's age or if he's struggling with something. Oh, you wrote them down? No, I wrote down. This is what I wrote down. Okay. Without go- without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Proverbs 26. And I wrote, gossip is the racing fuel that feeds the fire of discontent. Sometimes in auto racing, there's a fire in the pits, but you don't see it because the kind of fuel used is alcohol and the flames are invisible. But the burns and the scars are real. Gossip is the same destructive oh. force. We don't see it, but it's wreaking its destruction. James 3.6, the tongue, the tongue is a raging fire. It cannot be tamed. So I'm guilty of that. I, I think, I but got to watch it, and I got to change it. I think this. You also quoted uh, the great quote from uh, President Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. Ask a few what, days ago, yeah, on Twitter. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And and that's when I think you were saying— Somebody told me the sir- Democratic Party hasn't changed, and I said he's a Democratic icon, and his signature quote is, ask not what your country right. can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And now the Democratic see, Party but, is free this, free that, but free see, this. But see, that's smart. That's a smart answer. That's not disrespectful. It's not. You're just countering a point. So the thing is, you got to maybe stop trying to be funny on Twitter and go back to what we talked about. I feel like I like being funny, but but but, but like but you know you what? Might, I had another tweet last night. You might night not be. F- to, you're Trump, funny to you, but you I'm might funny not be to funny. Well, I'm to, funny to the people who agree with me, but I'm divisive to the people who don't. Trump had a tweet last night. Trump had a tweet last night that was very funny. And I even I retweeted it and I said, this is not presidential, but it is funny. But I need to be presidential. There's no point in being funny because if you're not funny to everyone, it's not funny. That's right. what I need to remember. If it's not funny to everybody, then it's not funny. Right. It's divisive. It's funny to half the people. It's divisive to the other half. You know, and I have that is a real temptation, and I need to stop it. Why knock you, it off? Why do you think that's a tem- temptation? Because I want to be right. That's the bottom line. <laughs> I want to be right. I want to point out the absurdity. Yes. What I perceive to be the absurdity of the other side. You know who does I, a good job of pointing out the absurdity of the other side? You ever follow a guy named Charlie Kirk. You know who Charlie? Kirk? I do know who Charlie Kirk is. Yeah, everything he does is is factual. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything is factual. So if you want to fight, and there's facts on the other side that they can come back yeah. with, but to fight facts with facts, I, I, I want to be intellectually honest. And Trump is not intellectually honest all the time. Some would say even some of the time. I heard the other day. I heard Biden say, you know, middle class people don't want higher taxes, and I thought, well, I've heard you say the first thing you're going to do is repeal the Trump tax cuts. So I just need to, I need to get out of that space. I need get to out get out of the I need space. To, I need to get out of it. I don't know if I agree. I with think that. I need to get out of it. I think why? Because until, until it, I show the capability to do it in a Christian way, I need to get out of it. Why can't you tweet, tweet from a biblical perspective? I, don't I can understand that. I can try. I'm going to tell you that I don't have a lot of confidence that I can do it well, but I will okay. I will double my efforts to do it. I will try to tell myself that as you challenge me and as Dan challenged me on, you know, the Tony Grossi matter and others, 
to come at it from a measured Christian perspective. I can try that. I'm going to give myself one failure, and if I fail, I'm going to have to disengage from it. But your 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 comment about your counter to the JFK thing that was okay, was perfect. That was okay. Yeah, and it's it's smart and it's intelligent, and it made me think there is a difference. Yeah, between uh, a Bernie Sanders socialist Democrat and a JFK. Yeah, there's a difference. So I, I, I just would hate to lose because I do think you're smart and you're bright and you offer good points. But you, I, I don't understand the need to demean. I don't know. I want to be right. That's it. That's it. But That's by, all. It's not Christian. You, can't you be right by not demeaning? I can try to. It's low-hanging fruit. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. I, I'm not proud of it. No, I know you're not. I know it hurts you. It, it, it What's the word I'm looking for? It devalues... It inauthenticates, it cancels all the stuff that is, I say, is most precious to me and, and truly is most precious to me. I'm falling into the you temptation. Cre- I'm well, giving in. I'm lose, I'm, I have no credibility. Yeah, yeah it's, that's the big thing. No so credibility. And if I can remember that, that it takes away my credibility on things that matter more, then maybe I can do it. I think that you should have... Instead of giving up Twitter, because I like your Twitter, and I get you're smart, and, and you you know a lot of things, and you have good opinions on a lot of things. It's just when you you'd start demeaning people, that's when it gets frustrating for me, because I've called you a couple times over the years, say, hey, mm, yeah. you might want to think about that one. So have somebody edit you. Now it's more of a temptation because nobody can fire me. Back when people could fire me, I was more measured. Now nobody can fire me. I So I, interesting, at a men's group, we were having this discussion, and there's uh, somebody that's really close to me that is kind of new to the faith. and He finds himself being convicted all the time now. And he's so grateful for that because he says to me, I can see better than I've ever seen before in my life. And he asked me, what's the opposite of conviction? And I, and I had to come up with an answer. And I say, I think the opposite of conviction is affirmation. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, good good answer. Affirmation, and it's just a piece. And don't look at conviction as always a form of discipline. Look at it as upon a blessing and be grateful that we can see where we're, why we're being convicted. Then examine that. Now, I look at it from, um, you know, you're in a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit, which is always a constant battle, right? Yep, Yep. for me it is. And you are a perfectionist. And so we always look back and think, okay, well, I'm this Jesus guy, and I'm saved by grace. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm also built to do good works, but I'm saved by grace. But yet I keep going back and doing the very things that I hate to do. Paul talks about this. Yes, he does. You're, are, you are, and we're talking about you now. I mean, we can, mm-hmm. we can have a whole show about me, but you are the classic example of doing the very things that you hate. Yep. And you can't stop. 
Well, I can stop. I'm going to stop. Well, you could stop. Yeah. You don't need to Not stop. Not in my own strength. I can only stop if I access the Do you the pray Holy about that? Inside. Yes, I do. Do you hold each thought captive to Christ? Well, obviously like not last night around 1130. <laughs> <laughs> the door was open and the thoughts were getting out. Uh, I want, but here's the good news for everybody out there. It's uh, Philippians 1.6. So don't live in your guilt. I mean, be convicted, be repentant. Uh, confess. I, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, to some accountability, whatever it is, hold yourself accountable. But also know this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be super Bruce in Obviously not, sin, not. Not, not sinful Bruce all of a sudden, you know, but that's the thing. God has given you such great, and I, I mean this with all sincerity when I, I say you. this. You, you know how how I trusted you with my life story. Yep. You weren't there when I called you, but I trusted you. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> I can't help. See, no, that's deser- my problem. That's I can't okay. let things go. Don't ever let that go. I deserve it. Keeps just me a, humble. Just- <laughs> Yeah, like you need more humility right now. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, so, oh, I, I love, but, you know, you are a guy that has, is very bright. You see things clearly. You have common sense. You think you're funny all the time. And what's funny to you is not, like you said, not funny sometimes It's not to funny me. to everyone. It's not funny to everyone, and it's some of it's mean. Yeah. And you're not. You're a gentle man. If people know you, they know you're a gentle man. That doesn't mean you're a fierce competitor and you want to do, and you're still a gentle guy. And when you – everybody sees Biden. If you're not, you're being naive and you're lying to yourself. Has some issues. Everybody sees that. But to make fun of those issues is that's you lowering yourself. Yep. And pushing others down to raise myself or my cause up. Yeah. And I've and I've said before, don't do that. And yeah. I did it. Well, but you have the ability, God has given you the ability now, because of people that care about you, an emailer, a listener, a friend, mm-hmm. said, Hey, you know, I'm not what are you doing? Why? Is that what you want to be? It is not. And, you know, my dad was older than that. I would not have appreciated somebody doing that about my dad. No. It's not. My it, dad. Okay, I was going to say something snarky, but I won't. No, I mean, this is different. You're not. You're you're talking to me and yeah. to the listeners. I mean, there's, there's like humor and self-deprecating humor. And, you know, I just really... I don't think that, you know, when you do that, when you get snarky on Twitter, it goes back to a good rule that I've started to implement probably the last year in my life. Mm-hmm. I stopped talking over people and started talking to people. That's a great suggestion. I st- and, and, and I started listening and given the courtesy to listen. That doesn't ever mean that I will I will never become pro-choice. 
I will right. always be a free market capitalist, but I'm not going to stop listening or talking to people. I have some very uh, left-leaning Well, you said you'll always be pro-choice. You meant you'll no. always be pro-life. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for that correction. I was See? just rolling that around my head. Well, no, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I, yes. I'll always be pro-life. Quote, quote, quote. Always. I will always be pro-life. That's never going to change, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to people. I'm just not, you know, we're not going to, we're going to agree to disagree on that. But I think, though, uh, I, you know, I, I happen to believe in, in certain forms of affirmative action. Because I know where some kids come at a disadvantage and they need a little bit of help. Where they don't have the same luxuries or same uh, equal f playing mm -hmm. ground. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what America is built for opportunity. Yep. Not, not handouts, but opportunities. And so there's got to be, in my opinion, there's got to be some form of affirmative action to give kids an opportunity that don't have a two-parent household, that don't have a... A school where they don't have to pass through a medical or a metal detector. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, you know, you and I have shared our, my beliefs on, yeah. on some of this stuff. And and um, I believe, you know, the government does have a place to to help people or a safe safety guard net or whatever it is if, if things go terrible. But it's also incumbent upon us as Christians. We are the ones that are responsible for charity. We are the ones to take that responsibility and, and feed the homeless and take care of the infirmed and, and minister to prisoners and help widows and orphans and take whatever babies, the case. Take babies nobody wants. And we are the ones to sacrificially give. Not give, but to sacrificially give. And when I was talking to this uh, friend of mine last night about affirmation, he said, well, give me an example of affirmation. And my wife and I made a, uh, a decision to sacrificially give financially to where it's... It hurts. It, yes. And, and, but I have so much peace about that um, that I know that God, it, it doesn't matter if it's going to be used for God, then I know whatever the peace or the affirmation that I know we're doing the right thing. There's not, there wasn't even a question. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it was that she was on the same page as I was that there's no, of course not. There's yep. not a question. Yep. You know, that is cool. Sherry and I are, she'll come to me and what do you think about this? And we're always united on it. And that is a cool situation. Well, and that's the thing for those in marriage too. We're talking to a, a young guy about marriage and he was asking my opinion. He's a young kid, and I love talking to young men. Mm -hmm. I really do. I mean, I, in that they actually care what I think. And I said this. I said, look, in marriage, here's the one thing that is I can guarantee you a successful marriage. Really? Are you the only human being in the history of the world that can guarantee a successful marriage? And I corrected myself again. And I said, well, I can guarantee you the best chance mm -hmm. at a successful marriage. Okay, how, how, how? God's got to be at the top of the marriage, and she has to love God more than she loves you, and you have to love God more than you love her. 
And if you do that, you're going to have the best one chance to have the best marriage in the history of marriages. Absolutely right. So that's, uh, but you got this, Bruce. You do. Just, just I'm going to redouble my efforts. I'm going to ask all of you to hold me. People. I'm going to ask you all of you to hold me accountable. Yeah, it's just like that's not hard. That's just <laughs> that's not stupid idiot, Bruce. It's just yeah. it's it's <laughs> how disappointing. Well, it's your blessing and your curse because you're really a, a smart guy. And you're a quick-witted guy. Yeah, I mean, I picture God going, I gave you these gifts, and look what you're doing with them. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I do. I gave you these gifts. Look what you're doing with them. I'm like, yeah, okay. What? I got I know. it. Um, Only took me well into my 50s to so, figure that out, and go which back, I haven't figured it out and yet. And go back to Philippians 1.6. Yeah. Guess what? You're not going to whatever figure it out. Whatever is good, whatever is true. Yeah. No, uh, you're, there's a work being done, and you're not You're not I'm fixed. not finished yet. You're not finished. No. I'm not finished no, we're not. No, we're trying. Striving, seeking. That's what it's about. How do you feel? You feel better getting that off your chest? No, I'm ashamed. I am, honestly. But that's okay. It's useful. I'm guilty. Okay, so Guilt is good. Shame is not. So now we do something about it. Yeah, now we do so something about it. So we just talked about confession, right? Yeah. So that was basically a confession to me and to all people who to listen. the uh, 75,000 listeners that I wish we had. Yeah, me too. Um, and so now you're, it's over. God's forgotten about that. Isn't that amazing? You reset. Isn't that amazing? I haven't forgotten it. I never will forget it. It's on Twitter. It lives forever. No, but I mean, seriously, nothing ever vanishes online. So it's out there. It's been screenshotted by somebody. It's been liked by people, but that's forgiveness. God doesn't remember it. It's not a part. It's not a part of who I am. It's gone. That's the forgiveness for anything you've done in your life that's there. Maybe that's the reason why I screwed up last night is so I can experience that anew. And I'm supposed to be good at this Christianity stuff. I'm supposed to be like, you know, you're everybody else. savvy at it. But if you're somebody who's thinking about, you know, whether this is for me or not, that's the beauty of forgiveness in Christ is that God doesn't remember no. it. If you, if you have a conversation, well, what about those tweets of Bruce's? He'd go, well, my son died for those. I don't, those aren't on his record. Look, his record's spotless. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it, it's That's absolutely amazing. amazing. But the other thing is, is that you're not using a get-out-of-jail-free card. You yeah. are truly repentant. Because if, if people can't see this, you can see your leg has been shaking this whole time. Yeah, it has. Sorry. You're, you're screwing up the table. No. But you're truly repentant if you see your eyes and the pain in your face. But now, grace, the gift of grace. Stop you done it. You screwed it up. You repented. You confessed, and now stop pounding Jesus into the into. Stop the, banging nails in his stop hands. Throwing the, stop throwing them up across for the third and fourth yeah. time. It's over. You win. You won. Now hit the reset button. That's what I wanted to encourage our listeners to hit the reset button on this. Okay, if physically, if you're a workout warrior, challenge yourself even more. If you're halfway there. Pick it up just a notch. And if you haven't gotten started or you're a beginner, just keep stepping, man. Keep doing something. Keep doing something. And same with, with a spiritual. Just take little steps and keep at it. Don't stop. You got this, man. And to be balanced in your life, to be balanced mentally, to be balanced physically, and to be balanced spiritually. And don't worry. I mean, I, I get concerns. Be smart and all that. But, um, you know, you're, you're living for eternity. You're not living for... Uh, don't live in fear. God's got this. And uh, 
if we say thy will be done and I will be done, don't be fretting about the coronavirus and everything. Just live your life of service. Do your best. Pray for uh, a vaccine. Pray for the health workers. And pray for us. Yeah, and if you have a friend who you think would enjoy our content, tell them about it. That's one way we could grow is if you just tell one other person. As, uh, the 1,500, 2,000 of you who are listening, if you tell somebody else, hey, guess what? We double our audience, and that would be a good thing. So have a great week. Talk to you on uh, Friday. Buckeyes with uh, Illinois on Thursday. Apparently Bob Knight, Jerry Lucas, uh, all be in the building Thursday. So we'll have that for you and more. Hopefully I won't screw up on Twitter. We'll have a progress report. See if I can handle it for 48 hours. Talk to you again soon. <laughs>